You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. going to be a fun episode of screening in kingston we have a lot to get through today our fans you wrote in you've given us a lot a lot to chew on here actually a big <laughs> list of terrible date movies so taylor we can get your reaction I love it. from some of those um we've got two movies to review and i have a fun review of our show that i'm gonna read on air um taylor you have not heard this before I don't think we've ever been... Re- I've never seen any reviews for our show except the one where someone wrote into our, like, messaged us on Facebook being like, your bathrooms are really dirty because they yes. thought we were the theater. Which <laughs> I was like, get out of my house. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you know about my bathroom, lady? But uh, that was fine. <laughs> she, like, you know, she was like, oh, the my bathroom like my movie going experience was so bad I'm gonna look up the theater and then like didn't even have the right I just think that's hilarious I wonder like like, nope they are not a movie yeah (laughs) I've never had a bad experience with cleanliness at the screening room myself neither have I neither have I so So I don't don't know what was going on there maybe it was like pre-renovations but like was our show even on I before don't, they renovated? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, I don't like, know. Not that I remember. Ma'am, I just think it's hilarious. You're complaining about the bathrooms. Never in my life have I experienced that at the screening room. And B, no, like, we're not no, a movie theater. Like, yeah. it would take all of two seconds to look at our Facebook page. It's so abundantly clear. <laughs> but but anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so anyways, last regardless of short, that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, have we been reviewed more than once, Mike? I don't know. Aside from we've that. had a couple, like we've had a couple reviews on the various podcast streams, but they're right. like, you know, here's, you know, some like five stars or whatever, but nothing right. thing. Now I want to be perfectly clear because maybe I should explain myself. We still, this isn't an official review. So what I okay. did was I put our podcast RSS feed into an AI and it generated the AI reviewed the podcast. Oh, this is going to be good. So this is an artificial intelligence review of our podcast. How do they do? So what did they? I'm not tech savvy, obviously. I guess you're going to save this for the end of the show, Mike. But like, how did it like listen? The computer listen to every episode? So I don't know. Like, I actually don't know how this stuff works. Like, I AI confuses me like that. The chat GPT stuff and stuff like all that really confuses me. From what I understand, because most of the AIs can't obviously listen to a podcast what it does from according to this particular site was it takes the rss feed it took almost two days to get us a review and then it just takes like the transcript from it and comes up with like in general here are a couple samples this is me reviewing it to say what a person would in general think about it but it is like written in the way you would write a review where it kind of gives an overall review of, of what the podcast is and what it's like but does it say if it's good or bad? Um, 
Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it ends like a review where it, how, it gives kind of a final note about it, yeah. How would a computer subjectively know if a podcast was good or not? Well, it's funny because there's a few things in here that are emotion-based that I'm like, how would you know that that's, that emotion <laughs> is coming through? Which, <laughs> when I read it, you'll get what I mean. Yeah. And I'm the same, I don't understand this either. Like, I'd love to explain it to our listeners, to you, to everyone, but I don't understand how this was even possible. I was just searching and found, like, it'll review books, podcasts, and different things, but it takes time. And actually, we were, we usually record a little earlier in the week, and I'm kind of glad we ended up pushing it because I didn't have it on time. Yeah. Like, it took a couple of days for it to get to me. Um, and it's short, like it's, it's, you know, they, they limit it to a certain amount. Like it's just a couple short paragraphs. Like it won't, it's not like a long read, but it is, it's fascinating because I mean, I'm going to read it, but it starts out like quite like, Oh, this is a normal review and then goes into a real weird direction. Um, and it's, it's quite, it was quite funny uh, reading it and how oddly accurate it was. Did you was see, the controversy this was like several weeks ago now like it might have even been like a month or two ago um and there was controversy because there was like ai seinfeld and there it was like i don't know who put it out i got this second hand from dan like i didn't watch it dan showed me a clip and i'm like this isn't funny like i don't i don't get it but essentially someone did the same thing with like seinfeld you know they like put the scripts through ai or whatever And so yeah. then, like, AI, they, like, generated episodes and someone did, like, really bad, like, animation to go with it. And <laughs> we're, like, it, putting them up. Like, I don't think on YouTube, but, like, putting them up for people to watch. Might have been Twitter. And, like, very quickly, within a couple episodes, it turned, like, super racist. Right. And this is, like, what always happens with AI. It's, like, you hear yeah. about AI and then it's, like, oh, we tried this thing, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, I don't know, couple couple weeks in ai becomes super racist or like super sexist or like very scary talking about murder like yeah because it has no it has no emotions or nuance to it like it's just a computer generated program that can only do whatever it's programmed to do so it's quite it's also quite literal so and like i mean that's you program biases into it so like if someone racist who's like coding doing the coding like yeah, someone, the AI. A, a human is still involved in some capacity. Um, so the, these things are, are very strange. But I thought because it's kind of on trend, mm-hmm. let's get them to, let's get an AI to review the podcast. I love it. I saw it. Was, I saw it was reviewing other podcasts. Like a few that I listened to got like short reviews. I'm like, well, that would be cool. Like, I'll do that. Like, let's see Why what not? that is. And it was easy. Just throw in your RSS feed, give us an email to send it to. And then there you go. So... I mean, I can tell you right now, it is less racist and sexist than the thing you're describing. The AI Seinfeld. Yeah, yes. Less. I, 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 less. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. <laughs> it's, it's oh, I can't less. wait. I can't wait. Let's save it for the end of the episode, eh? Let's, uh, uh, yeah, that'll, yeah. That'll I think the we'll... Treat. The treat will be the review, which we'll, we'll save to close to the end of the episode. Um, we're going to kick things off with uh, going back to a topic from a couple weeks ago where our fans uh, wrote in and, uh, or didn't write in because we were talking about it. They wrote in now, is what I'm trying to say. Taylor, I'm still <laughs> recovering from last week's Screening and Kingston episode. You don't listen to the show. No. So you don't understand but the I absolute did. disaster that I released this week. <laughs> I saw on social media that 
it was like two sad boys talking about Star Trek. <laughs> and it's it's it might be the worst episode of Screening at Kingston in the history of Screening at Kingston. Like we had no energy. We were so detached and like heartbroken by Star Trek Picard that like I thought, okay, Tyler Vance is coming on the show. He he'll save it. We were just the same. We had we had nothing. <laughs> yeah, and we at the end of the episode we were like, this is dark. <laughs> like it no, just I'm, wasn't. I'm glad that I was not present for the worst episode of Screening in Kingston. Yes, no, you were saved from that. Um, so what I was trying to say was, we've got fans who wrote in to tell us what they thought the worst date movies were. This goes back to the conversation you and I were having about date movies. Um, so I've got a couple lists. A lot of people just wrote in lists, so I won't read sort of through anything other than just list these out and Taylor, we can get your reactions of them. Yeah. Let's see um, if we've been on any dates to be fair. Like I'm a, I'm a late bloomer and a nerd. I haven't been on a lot of first dates. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like married my third first date. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, That's pretty good. Um, but I'm, I'm dying to know if I've, if I've been on any first dates and have watched these movies, I can't wait. And I, I would say early dates count yeah. enough because I, yeah. I still really think the first four or five, you probably shouldn't be going to a movie. But again, some people do that very early. But here we go. These are these are our fans say these are terrible date movies, first date movies, early date movies. So 2002's Enough. So that's Jennifer Lopez as... Jennifer Lopez plays a woman uh, who marries a seemingly perfect man. However, it turns out he's abusive. And then oh, she like oh. trains. Oh, to, to like def- defend herself. Yeah. against him. So that's Hor- one. Horrible first date. Yeah. And like where it gets, it only gets darker. <laughs> from, oh, from I haven't, here. I haven't this seen is that one. Is that what the person wrote in? It only gets darker. Yep. Yeah, and we okay. and we have a lot of people who wrote in just a couple titles, but yeah, it goes down. I uh, now I wish we like gave people better parameters because like I want to know like now I want to know did you pick the movie? Did someone force you to watch this movie, or are you just picking a movie you think would be crummy? Why would you, you know ever I mean? pick a movie like that for a date? Like why to weed them out? But like yeah, that's dirt. To weed them you're talking, out. About, you're talking about like. <laughs> spousal abuse like on a first date that's not that's not a good sign that's not no that's not good for anyone all right next one next one uh okay next one a clockwork orange that's like definitely like film bro he's like he's flexing a, a man <laughs> yeah. is flexing on a girl oh i'll 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 show her a movie <laughs> and it's <laughs> clockwork orange okay <laughs> Okay, buddy. He doesn't even like a clockwork orange. You know what I mean? Like it's a movie where you're like you don't even like it, but like you want to flex your Who movie. likes a clockwork orange? I feel like it's just one of those movies you watch because it's, you know, it's Intro, part of Intro film history. one to film one. Yeah. Two. And you can appreciate elements of it, but do you really sit here being like, "Oh, it's Saturday and I just I need to watch a movie. I'm throwing on a clockwork orange." And I'm going to show it on a first date. Yeah, like come on. Anyway. So far we're uh, these are good. So far it's we're yeah, these are, hot. <laughs> yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Which I feel like that don't could agree be with. okay. Don't agree. I because don't it agree is like that. that's kind of a I don't that's know. a good movie. That's a very yeah. good movie. <laughs> it's just a solid movie. <laughs> also, um, longtime listeners of the no- show know that I'm a fanable. So how dare they drag out a Hannibal movie and say that's not a good first date movie? And you know what? Just recently. <laughs> 
oh, we were watch. I don't know. We were watching something. I think Silence of the Lambs like came on, like came up in conversation or like on a show. And Dan went, we should really watch that again together. And like we have very little overlap, but that is a movie we both agree on being very good. So no, I don't agree. I think you can watch that on first date. Yeah, I think I actually think most horror movies or even crime movies or thrillers are actually relatively good date movies. Um, and that one's such a a really really good version. Like even if you're like someone who's not interested in like kind of the the cornier movies, like this is a really good thriller. So um, and. I don't think this is like a, a, a movie you can necessarily flirt with, but like horror is a very good genre for flirting. So like, yeah, great first movie, first date genre, horror and thriller. The yeah. flirting is fertile ground there, people. So hard, hard <laughs> disagree on Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> next one is Closer, the Julia Roberts movie. I don't know this one. I believe it, it's also like a cheating a cheating what is with these people film. picking well that would be bad like is i would like be not, not a great enemy? closer sleeping with the enemy is also on this list like oh my god so sleeping with the enemy is also on here oh it's oh yeah there's like um i remember the cut i just googled it in the poster this was another one when i worked at this at chumley's that we had like 300 copies of this dvd so like I remember cleaning this case very often. Okay, continue. I I want I do wonder are people just giving us like oh this these would be bad or have people gone on dates and these have been the movies? That's what I want to know. Like, I'm trying, like I want to know that. Yeah, two I want more very different genres. Like I appreciate yes. you just being like yeah this would be a crappy movie or is it yeah. this are you speaking from firsthand experience that I, someone I, sat I, you we down? Need to know. Someone yeah. sat you down and was like let's watch closer. Yeah, so, to all <laughs> our listeners, please write in your Again. your <laughs> stories of first dates and tell us give us the details the where best these ones actually we'll read. yes and the best ones we will read uh so next one is psycho 1960 uh, no Again, i i feel like that's a good one yeah that's it's too good of a movie like that one's that one's good but um, mike the one with vince vaughn that would be a horrible first first date the like the adaptation from like the year two thousand, right? Vince Vaughn playing yes, Norman sure. Bates. Yeah, that yes. would be bad. Yeah. But the original one, not the original. Yeah, Hitchcock. Any any Alfred Hitchcock movie would make a great first date movie. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. That's that's fun. Uh, Fatal Attraction with the bunny. Yeah, I. I've never seen that one, so I don't. I can't. It's really like the it, but... she becomes like obsessed with him. Hmm. And no, okay. That I would say that would be. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, but it is very like. It's about. Yeah, that would be a bad one because it's like romantic. She becomes like so obsessed with him and like is trying to ruin his life, and it's because he's cheating on his wife with her. So like, yes, agree. Fatal Attraction, even though it is a psychological thriller, when the when it's about like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. Bad first date. Um, so this, I got to read this one. This is from Sarah, who says, worst first date of my life, a colon, gone girl. <laughs> <laughs> and 
like, yeah, I mean, I, I could see, like, yeah, who picked that one? And, like, I could see <laughs> Gone Girl being a little awkward for, for a first date. I think, like, this is what I was trying to say with Fatal Attraction. When it's about, like, um, a couple, you know what I mean? And it's, like, obsessive, compulsive, or, like, like um that, like, obsession kind of love. It's, like, love's not even the right word. But you know what I mean? Like, that, like, obsession-type relationship, not a good first date movie. Because you're, yeah. like, looking at the other person being like, are you a psycho in love? <laughs> are you going to murder me? So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Gone yeah, Girl who, is a weird who one. Who chose? Who, who chose that one? Sarah, was that your is fault? important. Yeah. You like, said who, it was your yeah. worst date, but, like, you didn't say who was at fault. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, we need more details there. Uh, <laughs> and we will read it on the show. Um, next one, I I really don't agree with. But we'll see what you think. American Pie. No, not that's uh that's fine for a first date. That's a fine I mean, like that because that's just a silly, stupid movie, right? Like that one. Today's kids have canceled that movie, but Mike, anyone our age, in and around our age, grew up with that movie. I don't yeah. think. I don't think that's a bad movie. I think it's like, yeah, oh, let's I, be I, nostalgic. Let's watch American mm-hmm. Pie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like American Pie. Um, fine yeah i feel like that one's fine requiem for a dream oh horrible oh the sequel yeah requiem for a dream horrible (laughs) like i don't even what are you even trying to do with that one like what's the what's the goal and i want to know this i want to know was this actually a date (laughs) i i think it was i think again a film bro picked that movie he just assumed it's the film bro i guess or film gal but i it's because my my first boyfriend was a film bro and oh. like so much of this rings true to my life. First this day, is really speaking to you. Yeah, this first is day really... and many days afterwards. <laughs> okay. Um, I may have watched Clockwork Orange with him <laughs> or not, but um, I wish I could remember what the first movie we watched together. Oh, yeah, got yeah. Anyways, wow. But it was something along those lines. Oh, where this fits in. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this is. This one we I really want to talk about. The Lord of the Rings. Which I think, this sounds like a personal experience to me because yeah. I don't see why on the surface this would this would be bad. Like the only reason why I think it would be bad for a first date is because it's so long. Like you're strapped in for three hours. And if you for don't for a wonderful time. Yeah, like, I don't think, I think it's a good movie, and I think it's, uh, I don't think it's that weird. The only thing I could think, like, why someone would consider this a bad first date is because it's three hours. Like, yeah, that's three hours of not talking to the person, but also if you, like, ate dinner first, didn't really click, and now you've gone back to someone's house for three hours. Yeah. You know what This I mean? sounds also personal experience. Like, yeah. you've, you had a bad experience going on a date to see The Lord of the Rings. Or Who hurt you? Yeah, and, and it was just it's like a bad experience. I mean, listen, like some movies, yeah, for like length can I guess be a problem. But if it's a really good movie and you're at a movie theater, I don't see why how long a movie would be would matter for a date. Yeah. Like I, I just mean, think you, because you know, this is an older movie, like you wouldn't be seeing this in theaters right now. So like you would have had to go to someone's house to watch this. Unless yes. we're talking like when did this movie come out? Like two thousand and two. Two thousand it was two thousand and two. You went out yeah. for dinner, and then you went to the theater to watch this movie. In 2002, that sounds like a great date. I mean, I, I would have been... 
how old was I, I guess like there are some people who and like Mike this is not us obviously but there are some people who hate fantasy yeah and if like someone showed them this fantasy movie they'd be like what the heck like who yeah like you know what I mean? Like people who are like, "Oh, that's so nerdy," but like nerdy's yeah. cool. and that person you forget yeah, that and nerdy's cool now. But there was a exactly. time there was a time where people that's were true. like, "It's very no, true. like I don't want to watch Hobbits. Like, what's a Hobbit?" Because like, yeah, because now back then, you know, even I would be like, "Yeah, whatever, nerdy, don't care. I'll hide that side of me." Now I'm like, if you don't like it, just go home. Frankly. Yeah, but I, like, there is there's <laughs> still people that exist, even though nerd is mainstream, who do not like fantasy. So I could see maybe. A the length and B then being like, oh, what's a hobbit? Like, yeah. you know, well, like they're wrong. It, they're wrong, but yeah, they exist. Enjoy spending your life alone. Um, okay, next is uh leaving Las Vegas. With Which Nick I, Cage? Yeah, I think isn't that a that's a movie where he gets he's like an alcoholic, right? I've never seen that one. It is considered an American drama. Yeah. Um, yep, he's an alcoholic hollywood screenwriter who's lost his job family and friends so it sounds sounds depressing. a little intense <laughs> yeah. Sounds yeah depressing um oh elizabeth shoes in it um yeah i don't know i can't weigh in i haven't seen that one i feel like if you're a nick cage fan like whatever you know what i mean like fair game but you would also have to know if your date was a nicholas cage fan um <laughs> this this is my favorite one um and this is from carly carly writes in and says my absolute worst first date of my life was my first date ever in 2005 where i had to go see the remake of charlie and the chocolate factory (laughs) (laughs) oh carly she was probably like grade nine yeah like that sounds like a yeah first first date ever like you know teen and you go see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And the remake. Which yeah, the is, a remake. Very bad, is a very bad Just movie. a disaster. <laughs> Just a disaster of a movie. That um, was bad in 2005 and that's bad now. She said, and she finishes off the email saying, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but after the movie, my date would not stop doing impersonations of Johnny Depp. Mm. And they were probably <laughs> yeah. like waiting for a parent to pick them up. For sure. <laughs> what a what a terrible, terrible first date. Aww. Um, Aww, poor girl. Next, uh, next one, Jack and Jill. That's oh, speaking of um, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna love this one, Taylor. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, that was see, like okay, it's like not a good movie. <laughs> that's that's yeah, it's not a good movie. Period. But I. If you like, you know, like hindsight's 50 50, Mike and I don't like this movie. We didn't give it a good review. But like, if someone was like, oh, let's go on a first date, do you want to go see the new biopic of Queen? I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have, I don't think it's a bad, on first glance, it's not a bad first date movie. It's only a bad first date movie because it's a bad movie and we know that now. But if it was like, out in theaters, I didn't know. I hadn't read the reviews. I would go to that movie on a first date. Yeah, I think. I think for me, my bias is I. I'm not a fan of music generally. Yeah, 
And I find all music biopics just to be like the same tired and sad story all the time. So I would react similarly if I was going to go on a first date to like a star is born and Bohemian Rhapsody, or I'm like, no, like <laughs> that yeah, tells yeah. me a lot about the person. If it was a band that I had interest in, I'd be like, yeah, but like a star, if someone wanted to say, go see a star is born, I'd be like hard pass. But I don't yeah. know. I think Bohemian Rhapsody in the year it came out, whatever that was like what? 2019, 2018. Yeah, I, like I would have been like before okay, the pandemic. Yeah, okay, but like now, yeah. if someone was like, "Let's rent Bohemian Rhapsody," no, get out of here, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, and that would be clear. They don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, so already yeah. black research. mark against them. Absolutely. Um, just a few more here. I'm going to run through them quickly. Saw, which again we just talked about horror movies. Like some horror but movies work. This one to me doesn't work. You, like okay, because torture of the porn. Torture. Well, yeah, only like at the very... end. The first Saw movie is like the first Saw movie is very to me is very okay. much like a, a yeah because it's only at the end. Like in the first Saw movie, it ends with him cutting his foot off. Right. That's it. Like prior to that, you barely see anything. And yeah, it's really it's more psychological. I don't. Yeah, remember and it, like it to well me, enough. it's a good movie. Yeah, it's more of a mystery. The first Saw movie, I would say, is fine, but the rest Hostile. of them. No, well, let's watch yeah, the West rest of it just gets terrible. Let's watch the um, Serbian <laughs> film. These are all horrible. Don't watch those. These are movies yeah. I haven't even seen before. But I don't like that subgenre of horror. I don't like torture porn. I don't. I don't even really like slasher flicks. They don't like really do it for me. But like, yeah. if someone wanted to watch Halloween, I would say yes. But any of that like really really grotesque, like just torture, I'd be like. Oh, who are you? That's a weird one to pick. <laughs> um, only two left. The first one, I actually have some strong opinions on this. They is hairspray. But I actually think depending upon like because the hairspray came out, the musical came out in two thousand seven or eight. Yeah, it was Zach Efron. Yeah, and I think I was in university. This is exactly the type of movie I would have taken a girl to. Because we're in drama, musical, all these people that she probably likes are in it. I'd be like, yeah, let's go see Hairspray. Like, that's... I fine. think this is a case of you need to know your your audience. So, like, if right. you know the date, like, even though it's a first date, but you know enough about them. Like, so, like, your case, Mike, where, like, the your dating pool are, like, drama people, then, like, yeah. I would even say the John Waters one um, makes a better first date movie because it's not... From the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Cry Baby would be a good first date movie too. But again, I guess mm-hmm. you need to know not everyone likes that like quirky because it's like it is quirky. Yeah. yeah. We we should definitely get people to also write in what are really good Final one here. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut from from the best film year 1999. And that's Kubrick. the Nicole Kidman Tom uh, Cruise one. <laughs> horrible one it's weird i didn't get it's it. a weird one though. i didn't get like, it it's a, that's a weird movie so yeah. i feel like you might i mean you might have a lot to talk about though which is it depends again a lot of movies are kind of maybe the end of a of a first date like go to dinner in the movie after but like if you went to the movie first and then hung out or had dinner or something you, you'd certainly have something to talk about with this movie yeah i don't it's think it's so this, strange i don't think this is the worst one of the list like i think you could get away 
But like again, if if you have seen it and you're like, this is my favorite movie, you have to watch it with me. I'd be a little bit yeah. like, really? Like this is your yeah. favorite movie? This is the movie you chose? But like if you both haven't seen it. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a weird movie. You'd have something to talk about. You can tell, I think, a lot about a person by what they say is their favorite movie and then picking a movie to watch. You can tell, I think you can tell a lot. I would, I would even go so far, Mike, to judge someone who doesn't have strong feelings. If they're like, oh, I don't care what that person's favorite movie is. What? Like, you, like, to me, that's so important. You know what I mean? If someone was like, oh, whatever, not a big deal. Like, I don't think, I don't think people's favorite movie tells anything about them. I'd be like, uh, we are not in the same universe. Yeah. Like, I I think every, everyone's favorite everything and the types of things you consume, whether it be books, movies, radio, music, like, I think all that says something about you. Like, it's all part of the puzzle. Um, But if I I think. If someone's like, I don't care. I don't, I just, I don't care. I'd be like, "Mm." I've had some okay so I've been kind of I've had someone say to me because when people have asked me like what's my favorite movie I always kind of say the same thing where I'm like well I have quite a few that I really like and I because I'm such a movie person it, it does depend on mood so in these particular moods it's these movies and these movies. and people have said to me like it's kind of weird you don't have one favorite movie but I think it just is more my particular interests in movies are much more widespread than than people seem to think it is. Like everyone just thinks, oh, you you like your you know Marvel, and that's it. Well, I actually like a lot bio. of different movies. But yeah, like I, I, yeah, exactly. People like expecting that from me, where I'm like, well, actually, like you know, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies, but I have to be in a particular mood, or it's not, it's not my favorite movie. And then if I'm in a particular other movie, it's these other movies. Like I have such a wide, I think, range of types of movies where I can get, you know, I can get into some of the weird movies sometimes, but I have to be in that mood where I really want to think. And if I'm not, then I want something else. So I I feel like we would be, I don't know. I feel like we probably sounded really judgmental and that's why we had people write in. I feel like I could be pretty forgiving because I have such a like different taste. Sure. I feel you like have I a could, wider range than, yeah, than I, I could be pretty first. forgiving with a first date movie and I could like understand the rationale for a lot of first date movies but some some like a clockwork orange it's like no you're just flexing or like if someone chose like hostile I'd be like you're a psycho <laughs> you know what I mean? so yeah I think it's important first there's a lot of responsibility and I hope if our listeners have learned one thing this week is that definitely put some effort into picking your date movies because it could be make or break. <laughs> yeah, it really could. Um, thank you to everybody who wrote in. We like we appreciate that. Um, I would love to hear some some just follow up. If anyone thinks they oh, have a please. fun story, please I'm send dying. it in. Um, if you think that you can give us some context, because there's a few in there, where I would love to know if that was actually a first date or not. Um, that would be great. And did you go on more than one date with that person? I want so many details. I need follow-up. Yeah, so we'd like full stories, your entire dating history. Are you um, married where now? Are now? Are, yeah, and are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Um, <laughs> and just let us know. And we'll read it on air yeah, <laughs> for, for all things. listeners. To, yeah, we exactly. Well, yeah, we'll change things. We'll make it anonymous. And there you go. Um, 
But thank you again to everybody. Uh, let's review some movies so we yeah. have time for our AI review <laughs> of Screening in Kingston. Um, Taylor, wh- why don't you go first? Because I'm I'm fascinated, as I always am, by by what you're going to think about this movie because you have a certain particular genre and style and individual that you like, and I feel like they're all coming together in this film. Yeah, so we got Nick Cage. We yeah. got vampires. Check. Check. And what was the third thing? The style? <laughs> Just like hyper stylized? Yep. All of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you like movies with like different like hyper stylizations. You get yeah. an on board for some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Wes for Anderson sure. And yeah. Such. Um, so I watched, if those weren't, if we didn't mention at the top of the hour and if you didn't get those clues, I watched Renfield. So friend of the show, friend of Taylor, Nicole, wrote in a couple weeks ago on our Instagram. She snuck into our DMs and asked if we were going to review this. Um, I was like, yes, of course I'm going to review it. I thought it would take more weeks, but it's already available for um, streaming. Well, I rented Never a good sign. Oh, you rented it. Okay, I that's rented better. It, um, <laughs> I rented it via Amazon. So that's mm. why I, I said streaming. Um, it this past weekend it was playing at the screening room and I don't know if it will come back but I'm if memory serves it was playing last week so it's still like going through the indie circuit I guess you could say in mm-hmm. you know yeah. like um, smaller theaters and um, it was a tight hour and a half and it had a pretty good a pretty good cast let me just pull off pull up real quick. So Nicolas Cage does play Dracula. That's not giving anything away. It's very evident in the trailer. Um, he's not the main character. The main character is Renfield. And that's played by Nicholas Holt. Aquafina mm-hmm. plays a police officer. <laughs> ben Schwartz plays oh. um, <laughs> like, um, like, a, like a crime guy. And um, the rest of the cast, people might like recognize. Wait, a I crime guy? Know. Like he commits crimes? Yeah, so like he's part of a crime oh. family. I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, mob, okay, okay, like a mobster, but he's like not. Sure. I don't know. Like I wouldn't consider he's him a mob, a mobster. but he's yeah. like the in like the incompetent son gotcha. of like a female crime boss in New York. That works for him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like he's definitely playing to type, but he plays it very well. So like. I you're sorry, Ben Schwartz, you're typecast now. That's just how you are. But like you play that kind of like buffoon well. buffoon guy. Um, it is a horror comedy. I was talking to Dan about this. Personally, and this might be like a complete um uh unpopular opinion. I don't consider vampires horror, but that's because I don't think vampires are scary. I think they're kind of sexy. So <laughs> I don't consider okay. <laughs> I guess like I guess vampires are horror because they fall into like that like um like that mythology like the same way that like um ghosts werewolves you know what i mean like they're paranormal but like i've never been like scared by a vampire movie i definitely enjoy them everyone knows that it's like one of my favorite genres but i'm always kind of like horror really like they're not because that's how they get you that's how they get you Right? They convince you that it's all fine and then they drain you of all your blood and kill you. Yeah, I guess. You just don't get to see that. And, like, it doesn't help to, like, look at all the shows and stuff that are vampires where it's, like, you've got um, you know, true blood. Yeah. And which are got, just 
Twilight. Exactly. <laughs> You've got like what the other ones like I get well go all the way back to Buffy. Right? Oh. Like it's you know Hot so I think boyfriend. that that's probably that probably just is ingrained uh so- in you to like know that. But I just I feel like sometimes they can be very like intimidating. Very like when done well, they can you know like if they do like very like traditional like Nosferatu, yeah. like yeah, yes. that's scary. Yes, um, yeah. you know, but so this is not scary. So like foot, like you know, this actually would make a pretty good first date movie if you don't mind gore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a, there's a recommendation to people. Go, re go on. Everybody break up with anyone they're with right now and go on a first date. And <laughs> watch Renfield. Taylor. Come from Taylor and watch Renfield. <laughs> there you go. And you're all set. So um, it is like hyper stylized. It is, you know, it is a co- comedy. Nicolas Cage is like eat, chewing the scenery. Um, so like it's at his like. It's not full zany, but, like, it's not – he's not playing it straight. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's having a good time. Right. Nicholas Holtz was very good playing Renfield. So, for people who aren't familiar with, like, the mythos of Dracula, Renfield is his, like, familiar. So, he's his human who, like, does his bidding. And in this movie, he has um, – when he eats bugs, he has some of the powers of Dracula. So – he isn't aging, um, but he isn't a full vampire yet, if that makes sense. And essentially, the premise of the movie is he's trying to break off his toxic relationship with Dracula, <laughs> um, his employer. So, and Aquafina plays a police officer, and also there's a crime family. So you're like, you're like, what? How is this all? It all makes sense. A lot happening. A lot. Of ha- a lot is happening, but it all makes sense. So I um didn't love and this was the problem that i reviewed a vampire movie maybe last year um with i want to say it was jamie fox and oh, right that that netflix movie the night shift i think it's called night shift mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was like um i like didn't really like that movie and i found it was like kind of like more of an action movie and like very like right. um like a lot of gore and like a lot of CGI. So this movie kind of fell into the same trap where it became in some parts more of like an action comedy movie. And like the fight scenes were like hyper stylized, um, not remotely realistic. And I know like Taylor, people are like Taylor vampires aren't realistic either, but like, (laughs) but you know what I mean? When like, it's like that fight, Right. It's just like it's like you need CGI to make that fight possible. Like at one point, right, right. Nicholas Holt rips off a guy's like arms, like fully, just like rips their arms off, and then like impales another guy with the arms. So it's like goofy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like it's yeah. the action becomes goofy. And like um longtime listeners of the show know I'm I don't like CGI. I much prefer practical effects. And I feel like more and more I'm seeing movies like like rely so heavily on their CGI and it's just like kind of it becomes a little corny. So like there was like there's at one point there's like um, a protection circle that like Dracula gets like um, sucked into or like trapped in. 
Um, and it's like very corny CGI. And I'm like, you probably <laughs> could have done this like practical effects and it wouldn't have been so corny. And I know it is like a horror comedy. So like some of that I can forgive, like some of the zanier, like, you know, ripping a guy's arms off and then impaling another guy. Like I can forgive some of that, but, um, it just like, isn't my style. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, um, it's just not the way what you necessarily want to see. Yeah. And what you would normally want. Yeah. Like, I don't need like one or two fight scenes, but like, not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here for the yeah. horror comedy, not for the action sequences that are like yes. so over the top. So that's kind of like my only critique of the movie. I thought the writing was funny. Um, the plot was good. Like, the, like, kind of folding in like the crime family like Aquafina or whatever she's always great she's um it's fun to watch her so um I was on the fence I'm like is this a see it or a stream it mm. and I think it's it's Mike's already rolling his eyes because this is like a very Taylor I had like <laughs> multiple days to I could see about. I could see where you're going with yeah. this yeah <laughs> I think um if people enjoy horror comedy and don't mind corny cgi action sequences this is a see it it's fun you know what i mean it's cute it's kind of fluffy you know like if you're looking for just like a fun movie to go with your friends or with a date um in the evening you know like this would be a fine movie to go to hour and a half you're not like over committing whatever but like Full disclosure, the action scenes are a little corny. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... um, And, like, the CGI, like, you're like, yeah. It's just, like, um, you know when I complain about CGI fire? Like, what's with CGI blood? Like, that, too, looks super (laughs) fake. Like, at one point, like, so much was... And, again, like, full disclosure, I'm watching this movie on my cell phone while the baby's napping um, because of my, like, illness my eyesight is not right. So like it could have been my eyes, but like (laughs) there was like so much going on in the screen. I couldn't even figure out like what was going on with the CGI. Like the CGI was like muddy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when like the CGI isn't, it's so much is going on. The screen isn't crisp. If that makes sense. Like I just, I'm like, I just get, there's blood, but it's like corny looking blood anyways. So that's my major critique of the movie is I did not like the action action sequences and there was more than I would have cared for. But overall to me, it was a CX. Like I did enjoy it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I thought Nicholas Holt yeah. was really great. He had really good chemistry with Aquafina and um, it's an hour and a half that I enjoyed. And yeah. So there you go. if you have a chance to see Renfield, I will say um, if you can't see it in theaters, maybe wait a little while. It's I had to pay twenty five dollars to watch it on Amazon. And which, that which was, like again, that's more than a theater ticket. Yeah, so you're exactly. Yeah, you if there's like two of you watching it on Amazon, then it pays for itself. But it was like my baby's not watching this movie. He's asleep. No. Yeah. So um, wait till the the rental price goes down. But you know what's annoying, Mike? Like twenty four ninety nine. I didn't even get a digital copy of that movie. That was literally the rental fee. That's just the rental? Oh. Yeah, I didn't even get I didn't even get a digital. Not that I would like watch it again necessarily, or like, you know, be like, oh, I wish I had this on DVD. But yeah, $24.99 and I didn't even get a digital download. (laughs) That was purely the rental. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to say this. <laughs> this sounds like a stream to, to me. If, if the price wasn't there and you're necessarily guess, not yeah, necessarily going to watch it, then it's kind of like. I guess you're, that's fair. Fence. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, you go. you're going to rate how you rate it. Yeah, you're going to rate it how you want to rate it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I saw Air, which is the new Ben Affleck and the Air uh, Matt Damon movie. Right. Yes, exactly. About the Air Jordan shoe. Um, and, uh, this movie really goes back to show you basically how they signed Michael Jordan and how Nike changed forever. Cause it, it went from like the third or fourth best and more sort of a local shoe company to being a worldwide brand because right. of Michael Jordan. And, and that is really what they focus on in this movie. Like they show you what Nike was like before they signed Michael Jordan before they came up with this shoe that was specifically designed for him. Um, and that is very interesting to see Nike from almost a humble beginning. Um, I mean, it was still very, very successful big company, but it wasn't the monster that it is now. Um, so Ben Affleck plays the kind of CEO who, who started and founded Nike and Matt Damon, who's really the main character, plays their basketball expert person who they keep joking around. They don't really understand what he does, like that what his job is. But his job is to find talent to sign um, and and have people endorse the shoes that they create. Yeah, so he's kind of like PR. Yeah, basically. Um so basically the movie revolves around that journey. It's Matt Damon trying desperately to give Nike an edge on all the find other the competitors and sign. Yeah, find the big name, get him signed. And he was one of the first people to look at Michael Jordan and say, this guy's going to be big. Cause he, so Michael Jordan was drafted like third overall in, in the NBA draft. And even all the predictions was like, yeah, like he's, he's good, but he's undersized. And he's he's not really going to make a big impact in the league. Like he's not the prototypical NBA player. What happened to Michael Jordan and what he became was a surprise to people in the sports world. But from what this movie's saying, Matt Damon's character saw it differently and thought that this guy's worth spending all the money and all the time on and getting him signed because he's going to change the game. Well, even um, I know who he is, and I don't exactly. know anything about sports. <laughs> Precisely. And no player beforehand was like that. Right. I could probably rattle off the players that they were talking about in this movie who came before him who were like stars and you probably wouldn't have heard of any of them. But Michael Jordan, you know. He's like the first super, superstar superstar basketball yeah. guy. Exactly. Beyond anything. Um, so what I really, really liked about this movie is that it did not feature an actor playing a young Michael Jordan. It was all about Michael Jordan's mother and her connection to the shoe company and her representing her son and what she sort of was going through and feeling played by Viola Davis, um, who knocks that out of the park, obviously. Um, and that was one of the pleasant surprises of this movie. Like it was really about negotiation with her and coming from the mother's perspective as to everything that was going on with her son and everything that going on with shoe deals and, and kind of all this thing. Cause it, Michael Jordan, had publicly said he would never ever wear a Nike shoe prior to this deal going down. So there was all this stuff they were working against 
um, before before signing him. And it was really fascinating to, to go from that perspective, where you see Matt Damon, most of the scenes in the film when they're actually kind of going to pitch is Matt Damon and Viola Davis and their discussions and them kind of going through and, and talking about um, athletes and their brand and their name and what it means and what it means to them and who should have control and all that stuff. Um, and that's what made the movie really fascinating. And Matt Damon did a very good job, and Viola Davis was excellent. Jason Bateman's also in this movie. As I mentioned, Ben Affleck are in it. They're in a little bit smaller roles, but they're kind of part of Nike, and they're there kind of supporting Matt Damon through this. Um, the movie had a lot of comedy in it. It really? was a lot funnier than I thought. Yeah, like it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, it, it really was showing. I think the stress of the moment created a lot of right. comedy, too. The stress they were going through. They, really, their jobs were on the line. Because the budget that they had was so much less than the budget of Converse and Adidas and all these other companies that they were basically throwing all their money in one basket. And that was Michael Jordan. And they're like, if this doesn't work, we're... If this doesn't work, we're, we're screwed. Because they designed, they designed his shoes specifically for him, right? And like, they, they even, they broke an NBA rule. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently in NBA at that time, the shoes had to be 80% white. So any other color had to be like 20% or something like that. And so they made a shoe that was red and black with a bit of white, but they broke the rule. And basically they were like, we will pay the fine because you would be fined every game. We so believe in this shoe. Because they so exactly. They believe in the shoe and they believe in him and the brand that they're like, we will pay this fine. Um, This is a complete aside and I'll try not to derail you too much, but you talked about Nike. I'm not going to say what we called them in school, but we had a derogatory name for Nike's. Because they allegedly were made in sweatshops around the time we were in school. So you would have maybe been, I would have been in like 7th or 8th grade. You probably were like in high school already, Mike. Did you? Did, I don't, am I that much you older hear, you? I, <laughs> I think you're, if I was in the 8th grade, you probably were in like grade 11. Um, right. So not that much older. But there just seems to be such a huge gap between grade 8 and grade 11. Um so did you, was that like just, is that like an urban myth? There was like an urban myth that they were made in sweatshops. Did the movie talk about that at all? Is that why? The movie talks about their factories like very briefly, but they didn't really go into that. I, I think if I can remember correctly, I think I heard the same things you did. Um, I don't know what, again, I don't know enough to know what's been proven, what hasn't right. been. Um, with all major clothing and shoe companies there's always been something around that where there's been some concern and some investigation done about one and then it turns out that there's multiple um they don't really address that at all right they very much mention factories but again you have to keep in mind this was before nike was massive they were big but they weren't super global like adidas converse and they like they name all these other shoe companies were way ahead of them so they, they still felt, at least in this movie, very, like, local and small. Right. And then Michael Jordan, like, shot them into the matter. world. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, completely changed everything. Because uh, the numbers that they they threw at the end, I, I don't want to 100% quote that, but it was something like Michael Jordan alone makes several million dollars a year still, like $140 million a year because of the shoes. Now, like today. Wow. So massive and became massive but no the film did not address any of that the film 
doesn't go anywhere further than it being an isolated small story about trying to sign this some somewhat known but still unknown basketball star who they knew is going to go like early in the first round but was not no one saw him being the mega star that he was right it was have. definitely more like the relationships between the 100 and... this is this movie has almost no basketball in it it's it's the mother and her relationship to this company and really like she brings up points that are you know anti signing on with big corporations and what it means and and the brand and the name and what that's like and the stress and of of being a superstar and what that means and having to make these decisions very carefully that gets brought up but it's mainly personal hmm. like it's not it's not kind of to a larger scale like that yeah so again i don't know like i i don't know 100 you know think what you will about big companies and that type of thing and they make so much money it's it's ridiculous this movie did a fantastic job of telling this story and making it small and interesting and even though you kind of you should know the end result you know where this is going the tension is still real and to me that that makes a good movie if you know the outcome and you still feel tense you've done a good job if you still feel the intensity if you still are like i don't know what's gonna happen here this movie has therefore done a good job um so let's just see it for me like it honestly it's a surprise early summer movie for me i I didn't know what to expect. I just thought, oh, it's kind of a small movie, whatever. It's a short movie. It moves very well. It's well-written. You you hear me on this show talk about building character and building a world and making it make sense. The world they presented in the narrow view that they did made sense, was interesting, kept my attention, made me laugh at times, and was like somewhat thought-provoking. So they did a good job. Go to see it. I think if you're looking for just a fun movie, just go see it. Yeah, I would say see it. I just happened to have my Amazon, like my email open and I had a coming soon to Prime. So our listeners may be interested to know, Air will come to Prime May 12th. There you go. So you can definitely go watch that on Prime. And then just as an aside, um, The Whale is coming May 19th because obviously that got a lot of Oscar buzz. And a movie that I recommended, Women Talking, is coming May 28th. So you have lots to watch on Prime in May. (laughs) There are your there are your Prime brought to you by Amazon Prime. Um, Sponsor us. Then then we can have a whole segment. (laughs) I assumed that you saw Air in theaters, right? I did. I did. Yeah, Yeah, I saw it in theaters, Um, and yeah, it was good. That's why I'm giving it a see. It like I would say it's worth going to see theaters, but if it's coming out on Prime anyway. Part of the deal, like of some movies, because I think it's an Amazon Studios production that's part of it. Like I think there's a deal there. It's worth, it, honestly, it's worth a watch. Like it, it was. We, I've seen some not great movies so far this year, and a couple of good ones. And this was, this was a good one, like a pleasant surprise. There you go, which was great. Um, let's hear an AI review screening in Kingston. <laughs> uh, Taylor, are you ready for this? I, I'm, I got my seatbelt fastened. I'm ready for the ride. So I'll stop occasionally. Again, it is a short review, but I'll kind of do each kind of paragraph or right. sentence here. I will say the only thing I cut out was at the end of the review. It just started like listing a bunch of names, which I don't know why. It, oh. it was very weird. It was just like Jared Leto, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nicole. Like it was just like just naming a lot? things like- we've said and like people who've been on the show. It was very, very weird. Um, the credits. 
the credits to our show. So, Jared Leto. Credits, I guess. Jared Leto <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal. And um, Nicole. <laughs> uh in the call <laughs> yeah um I mean, checks out checks out yeah i guess so uh yeah so i cut that part but here we go and i and i will i'll stop to, and we can hear some comments Got as it. we go but i'll try to i'll try to give this no emotion because i assume that's how it would be okay but it's talking a robot so this voice. is yeah this is the ai review of screening in kingston the podcast Screening at Kingston, the podcast, is an average of 59 minutes and 10 seconds of two movie fans talking about their, about their lives, sitting on couches and watching movies. They <laughs> review two of the three, two or three films per episode, answer fan questions, and discuss a wide variety of topics in the film industry. So that's the, how it begins. On our couch. The couches thing's a little odd. but. Rude. I would say so far pretty accurate. <laughs> like it's the... I'm being shamed by the robot. I'll have you know. Yeah, about our life sitting on couches. Yeah. I watch a lot of movies in bed. <laughs> but not a bad start, I'd say. Yeah, Two sentences accurate. that not a bad start. Accurate. Accurate. Now it now it now it starts to go off the rails a little bit. <clears throat> oh my god. The show is hosted by Mike and Taylor. They occasionally eat, are not friends, and live outside of the podcast. They have lives, such as Mike ran a theater company. Taylor has babies, and both take no pleasure at having to watch bad movies. So, there's a lot okay. to unpack. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in that. <laughs> I, I like that they occasionally eat is interesting. Are not friends and live lives outside the podcast. <laughs> yep. See, this is where this is this shows the limits of AI. Like the robot mm -hmm. doesn't realize that everyone has lives out of a podcast. We don't live in our computers the way that AI lives in a computer. <laughs> I want to know where the occasionally eat comment came from. Yeah, because we never, we very rarely talk, talk about, about food. food a lot. No, I don't know, but I, don't I mean, recently, because so. of the, um, the like the premiere movie going experience, like how you can get food. Yeah, the VIP. We have talked about yeah. eating food like at the theater and like etiquette, but like yes. not enough for that to be like. Not enough. Also, you think so? The computer thinks <laughs> I have more than one baby, so that's cool. Yes. Babies, plural. Yeah. Um. Okay. Continuing. Sometimes Tyler Vance is there. No last name given. Tyler Vance often reviews movies and TV shows, bringing forth a dynamic, deeper look into the art form that often confuses Mike and Taylor and makes them sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Thanks. That's true. Tyler Vance is also all one word. <laughs> no last name. No last name given. Other guests join the show and interact in segments that's, that 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 stray into a variety of topics, including movies, TV shows, books, and science fiction. Again, accurate. Yeah. We have guests. Those are themes. Screening Kingston is a podcast for movie lovers that cares about what fans think of their films. It always takes time to listen to fan feedback and answers questions right on the podcast. It isn't too smart for you. If you like movies, you'll enjoy it. And that is the end of our review. So it isn't too smart for you. And if you like movies, you'll enjoy it. And Tyler Vance makes us sad. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That is that's the podcast in a nutshell. So I there you go. That's the <laughs> two idiots reviewing movies. So the AI picked up on that. Um, that, there you go. Like that's that's the AI's review of the Screening in Kingston podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did because oh I think that's pretty accurate and pretty funny. 
Um, I hope Tyler Vance likes that he got the special shout out. Yeah. Uh, I also like that it's all one word because we do say Tyler Vance is like is one thing. Like we, it's true. We, everyone else has a first name, and he has he has the full name. He just has one of those names. You have to say the full name. Exactly. Just, it is what it is. Agreed. Uh, but thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to the AI for randomly reviewing us. Get us your terrible first date stories. Go see some movies. <laughs>